are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, January 7th, 2021. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, please go follow the Locked On Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for tuning in to Locked On Blackhawks. With the Hawks taking an off day in training camp this afternoon, I feel now is a perfect time to share part one of a crossover episode that I recorded recently with Nolan Bianchi and Ethan Smith of Locked On Red Wings. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, January 7th. 2020 we've got a divisional rival preview we've got jack bushman from the locked on blackhawks podcast before we introduce him i'm your host detroit sports writer nolan bianchi here today as always guiding the ship with me as longtime red wings fan and no longer the kidney stone kid ethan smith Woo. ethan what's going oh. on how you doing buddy you feeling pain free today and yeah this, baby uh... yeah baby got everything out everything's good today's the first day i've felt hundred percent in about two months. So everything's golden. Terrific. Well, let's welcome in our guest, Jack Bushman from Lockdown Blackhawks. Jack, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going good. Nolan, Ethan, thank you guys for having me on. Kidney stone problems. Oof. Yeah, dude. Uh, that yeah. does not it's... sound fun. No, no. You don't really think at the age of 25, you're going to have a kidney stone, but I had one for two months. I had a buddy and in, I, I had a buddy in college going through kidney stones and he was, he was bedridden for like two months. Did not yeah. seem fun. Yeah, no, yeah, it's the exact same thing that happened to me. So, <laughs> yes. and he also uh, did a podcast throughout all of that. So, yeah, I did a podcast and then I went to a, went right to the hospital. Okay. <laughs> what uh, a trooper! So, Jack, we we have some things to talk about. We have a lot of things to talk about. First off, welcome back to our division. I guess you could welcome us back wow. to the central division because we technically were the ones who left. You did leave. You abandoned us. Yes, uh, <laughs> and now we are back together. And we're Yay. both steaming piles <laughs> of doo-doo. Uh, talk to me about the Chicago Blackhawks team. Well, actually, let's back it up because they've had three straight bottom six finish or sixth or worse finishes. I think they finished seven, six, then six mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, in their division, not very good at all. Not the Chicago Blackhawks that we became accustomed to seeing from 2009 until 2016. What went wrong? over these last three years? Because I think that's a good starting point. We've kind of been caught in this tough limbo period where we still had prime players, obviously Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Corey Crawford when he was here. We still had a lot of the prime pieces from our cup teams. But I think where we went wrong was just not addressing that that window had closed soon enough. And we were really... 
all the fans deep down, they knew this team wasn't good enough to compete for a Stanley Cup, but it seemed like the organization could never really accept that and look in the mirror and say, this is what kind of team we are right now. They're kind of holding on to the past. And I think that's really what's cost the Blackhawks in the past couple of seasons and what's led to, as you said, a couple bottom tier finishes in the Central Division over the past three seasons. That's pretty interesting because, I, I mean, that's pretty much the same thing that happened to the Red Wings. It's just that the Red Wings had a more prolonged right. period of success. So it was like even, like there were a lot of – I think there was a longer stretch where they were just like – fans were like, come on, dude, like let's – like but fans wanted to rebuild before 2013, and that was the last time the Red Wings won a playoff series, I'm pretty sure, uh, was then when they went to the second round and then they lost to the Blackhawks in seven games. Uh But from like 2011 to 2016, there was a lot of like, "Eh, we should we come on, we should we really be trading that guy away for Eric Cole right now? What's the direction? Yeah, exactly. And so then, but yeah, then we get a. Ken Holland telling us that, hey, if you guys want to rebuild, it's going to take about 10, 15 years. (laughs) So it's all just been a mess, absolutely on, on both fronts. So it's it's good to it's good to know that you're dragged down here with us. I now, feel your pain. I was kind of under the impression that this like the Blackhawks they had a obviously they made the playoffs as a 12 seed last year. I was chirping Blackhawks fans about that on Twitter the other day because they were bragging about it. They were like, uh-huh. "Do you enjoy uh, watching all that summer hockey from your couch?" I'm like, first off, so do you. There's a global pandemic. You're not allowed to leave the house. Second. Congrats on being the first ever 12 seed uh, to make the NHL playoffs. I saw that one. Something to hang your hat on right there. But I won't ridicule them too much because they were an exciting team. They beat the Edmonton Oilers. A lot of people going into that Vegas series, like we knew what was up, but there was also maybe, could they? It's playoff hockey. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So what changed, like, I, I guess, like over the course of this last season in that regard then? Like from, are you saying this off season or from beginning last year as well? Like beginning last year as well. So last year we hadn't gone into the rebuild process yet, but we finally had some of the young pieces that have been hyped up in the system come up and make an impact. We saw Adam Boquist jump up and we also saw Kirby Doc make that step, obviously in his first year since being drafted. Um, so as we were before, but with more young prospects on the team, we are still in this limbo. Like we're trying to win, but now Kirby Doc's here. Adam Boquist is thrown as a 19 year old. He's playing 22 minutes with Duncan Keith. So it wasn't really primed to be a successful season for the Blackhawks, but I definitely, even, even though we got in as the 12th seed, however you want to put it, I still think was let in as the 12th seed. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Earned that 12th seed, 20, <laughs> 23rd best team, in the, 20, 23rd best team in the league. Okay. <laughs> but I think that playoff series was still very crucial for this team going forward. So uh, even though it was, you know, another weird year where we didn't, we knew we weren't going to win the Stanley cup, but we weren't in the process of starting over yet. There were still a lot of benefits, I think, from uh, playing in that 2020 COVID postseason. So what were, yeah, what were the vibes of the fans? Were, were you guys more happy that you guys made it and then got your asses kicked by Vegas? Or were you guys more upset that you weren't in that draft lottery? I'd say it was probably split 60-40. I'd say 60% of the people were pretty pissed we beat Edmonton. 40% of the people, <laughs> it's like everyone was pretty mad. They're like, you blew away a top 10 pick. 
especially when number one was still left there too. Everyone lost their minds. So, uh, but I, I am on the side that I think this playoff experience is going is going to be a big part of Adam Boquist and Kirby Doc knowing what it takes to be good in this league, um, especially because playoff hockey is just a different brand. You could have as much regular season experience, experience, but playoff hockey is its own, it's its own different beast. And for these young guys to have that experience at such an early age, I think it was beneficial for the Blackhawks. So yeah, we didn't get, you know, maybe a high of a high of a draft pick as some fans would have liked, but I still think later on in their development, this is going to be a big, big moment for them. I kind of wanted to get more into the comments made by Taves following the trading of Saad and the release of Crawford this past off season. Um, really just basically forcing the Hawks to really kind of admit that they're retooling or rebuilding. Like, do you, I mean, do you, I don't, I don't necessarily see a way that, I mean, unless you want to trade like Keith to a, a team that could be a cup contender and helping them. Like, do you, do you really see anything happening with the, anything else with this core? Or do you think the, the core guys are locked in? I know Seabrook's untradeable. Yeah, most, most of the core guys, I believe, are locked in, especially because they all have full no-movement clauses. Taze, Kane, Keith, Seabrook, all full no-movement clauses. And they've all been in Chicago throughout their entire careers. Uh, in Keith and Seabrook situations, they have families. Kane just had a kid. So I did they, see they, that. Cool. they've been, they've been in, in part of this organization for their entire careers. They've lived in Chicago. So I don't think anyone wants to go anywhere. There were even okay. some talks. Uh, I know beat reporters asked Duncan Keith a little bit about whether he'd raise wave his no movement clause. And it sounded like he had no uh, intention of doing that. So it sounds like the core pieces are going to be here throughout the rebuilding process. And that's really not a surprise. Stan Bowman confirmed that a couple months ago as well, that even if uh, even from the Blackhawks team perspective, they want these guys here as well. I think that makes like, uh, good deal of sense like from their standpoint like you got three cups you've made all the money in the world why would you like it is chasing a ring especially in the like the a time like this where moving is like has so much extra stuff piled onto it i'd probably do the same and uh right just ride out and for the, the numbers sunset. and for the numbers they cost too the only one that really could get traded even if they did theoretically want to waive that clause is duncan keith just because seabrook's Contracts atrocious. Taze and Kane are 10 and a half mil in order to trade either of those guys. The How Blackhawks, much do they have on those contracts? Three years, I believe. I believe it's three years. Yes. I think I, I legitimately think, I don't think anybody would pay Taves that money. I think no, the Blackhawks would, would have to eat some for sure. Oh yeah. I, I, but I'm not sure about Kane. I think someone, if a team had that space, but quite it's frankly, to find to a rebuilding team, I don't think, I don't think he's going to waive his no movement clause to go to a team like that. Yeah. I just don't think it makes sense financially or for what they want at this point of their career. All right. Uh, I have a question about comparing Stan Bowman and Ken Holland, because it's something oh, wait, that a Nolan, lot of I, Nolan can, sorry, we have to cut this out. I have one more question about the contracts. Oh yeah. Go ahead. So do you think like, I mean, you can't really – can you blame Stan for giving out those contracts yes. that he's given out to those guys over the past couple of years? I blame him for the Brent Seabrook one, only the Brent Seabrook one. Right. Okay. You, don't, you don't pay a 30-year-old that much money for seven years. You don't pay 
I know. I'm sorry. Thinking about I'm it, it's like, no, it's, it's okay. <laughs> but like, if you're Brent Seabrook, you see that deal, you're like, yeah, where, where can I sign? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, Come on. You, you can't blame, yeah, you can never blame a player for that. No, but uh, it's the same thing with Drew Doughty. You have no business giving a 30 year old 10 years. Like, what are you doing? Don't pay a guy for what they've done. Pay for what they are. But like the crazy thing is about Doughty is that I don't think anybody in the world could have predicted the absolute drop-off in analytical stats on him went from like one of the best in the league turnover junkie absolute worst turnover junkie he's always i i always see he's like leading the league in turnovers i'm like dude and he still gets like norris votes i'm like come on (laughs) i know he's so broken matthew kachuk ruined this poor man's psyche psyche. (laughs) for real uh, all right. Well, that's actually a good lead into this next question that I have, because when the uh, I remember when the I, I think it was maybe the year or two after the Blackhawks won their first cup in 2010 and Stan Bowman made a lot of, uh, you know, he got rid of some of the guys, some of the depth guys a lot that of helped him get a there. bunch of them, like seven, and all of them. Yeah. We looked at that from Detroit, like, now see, that's how you keep a contender together. No, that, that's how you, you know, that you got to make the tough decisions. You got to move guys out. You got to do this. You got to do that. Clearly it, there were some missteps along the way. And I want to get to that in just a second. But first I got to tell you guys that if you're going to place a bet on the Detroit Red Wings or the Chicago Blackhawks to win their division, you probably don't have very good odds, but I, you know, wouldn't recommend against it anyways. Uh, that was a terrible lead in. We're going to restart that. that. Cut that (laughs) big, stupid idiot. Get it out Uh, of here. You're fired. uh, Yeah, right. Bet online AG's thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever those those bonuses come through, it's going to like, you're going to have a nickel. It's going to be over. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But first, Jack, I just got to, I wanted to get your opinion. Who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Uh, Just on a, you know, kind of gun to your head type deal. Gun to my head, I am running it back with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, if you truly do believe that, why don't you do yourself a favor, get on over to betonline.ag and earn yourself a little bit of money. Sprinkle some cash onto that future. Uh, And if the Tampa Bay Lightning end up walking out of the season as Stanley Cup champions, then you will hit big uh, once that happens. BetOnline.ag is giving our listeners a 50% welcome bonus when they sign up today for a free account and use our promo code locked on. We've got NFL playoffs coming up. We've got NHL and NBA coming up. NBA already started. We've got the national championship. We've got college basketball, March WNBA. WNBA. I think that doesn't uh, play until the summer. They've got all of it. Uh, NFL games of the week, college football, uh, and so much more. Do not sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's very nice of those folks over at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, to just throw a little 50% welcome bonus into your account right there. Thanks for coming. How's it going? BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, before we get going back with Jack Bushman, I just want to take a moment to say thank goodness that 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling 
of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Jack, we're back. Segment two, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Detroit Red Wings. We're division rivals again. I'm excited as hell for it. But first, I want to back it up a little bit and talk about some of these moves that Stan Bowman has made, not some of the contracts that he's given out, but the trades that he made in an attempt to be able to keep his core together and keep that contendership window open for as long as possible. Now, listen, at the end of the day, they contended and won Stanley cups over a six year period. I think when you build a contender, you're hoping for a five-year window. It worked out better than anybody's wildest dreams. But I think when we look back at what could have been and all the missteps along the way, I think that you guys probably have uh, a lot of bad feelings about some of the trades that he made in an attempt to kind of keep everything together. What were Stan Bowman's biggest mistakes, you know, from 2011 on? The biggest mistake, it has to be the Artemi Panarin trade. I mean, first thing that comes to everybody's mind, Artemi Panarin for Brandon Saad, Saad's I understand why the move happened when it did. I understand Stan's intentions because Saad was a great piece for the Blackhawks when he was here. That top line of Taze, Saad, and Hosa was a force on both sides of the puck. And having him back, theoretically, it did look good on paper. But giving up Artemi Panarin, obviously, he didn't know what he was going to do. Didn't know he was going to go that crazy, become arguably the top player in the NHL. Um the problem, the problem with that deal is the return just was not nearly enough. And the Blackhawks, they, they knew they, they knew they had to get rid of Artemi Panera and they knew they were in cap hell and signing him to a long-term extension wasn't a possibility, but the mistake was one, the return, obviously, as I just said, and two, they traded him right after he signed a bridge deal. So theoretically they could have still had, Artemi Panarin for two more years and then figured out what to do with this problem. Instead, Stan thought he could outsmart everyone, jump the gun, get something back in return while we could. And it turns out that return for Artemi Panarin is nowhere even close to the level, uh, the caliber of player that he was when he was with the Blackhawks. So I, I think that's the number one biggest mistake that Stan Bowman's made. You know, I remember watching that year of the Blackhawks and watching Panarin and Kane on the same line. Like, I, 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 I was illegally streaming games in Michigan just to be able to watch those guys. Like, I've never seen two players that have – on a string. They're the same people skill-wise and the way they play the game. And it was like they're twins on the ice. It was and magic. Just, it was. It was. It, it was one of my favorite times of watching that team. And what I just, I wrote down before that I wanted to ask you is, do you remember where you were? Cause I remember where I was when oh, yeah. I heard that Panarin was traded from. Exactly. Chicago. I was working my crappy college job. I was working at Panera bread company, shout out Panera bread company for their very good, well, but ironic food. Panera, Panera bread, Panarin, the right. bread man right. gets traded. Right. Oh, no I know. I thought about that too. Okay. I cool. glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I was working and I picked up my phone and I saw a text from my dad and I had the push notification too. And my dad is like, what are we doing? And then I read about uh, 
Joel Quenville storming out of the pre-draft meeting found out not only that they traded Panarin, but they also traded warrior Nicholas Jalmerson, probably the most loved guy in the NHL. Do would take a puck to the chops for a Stanley Cup. One of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL at the time. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Blackhawks don't. Like, Blackhawks don't win three cups without him. No doubt. In no, my mind. absolutely not. And no then doubt in my mind, that guy too going to Arizona on top of Panarin. Like that was the moment that it really switched for me where like, I don't understand where, where this guy's taking this team. And I, I completely, completely disagreed with it. And it was also starting the time where the Red Wings were actually like, okay, it's time for us to, it's time for us to tank. So and I love, I like watching teams rebuild and stuff right. like that. It's fun for me. I mean, not watching it, but paying attention to what they do. But another thing I wanted to ask you is I don't understand, I almost don't understand this, the, the trading away a player like uh, Andrew Shaw or a Brandon Saad and then bringing him back two years later. Like you don't normally see that in. You're talking about man. Valtteri Filippo has been back for like two (laughs) two years now. I can't believe you guys are still paying him. Yeah, I know. Um, I can't believe he's still alive. (laughs) I I forget he exists and like he's in the lineup. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway um yeah he's we invisible um same with franz nielsen it's fine yeah franz nielsen's worse than philpola um so i think what i wanted to ask is just uh, is that with blackhawks fans was that a was that a welcomed addition back is getting sod back and getting shaw back getting... or is that like more people that you think you're like it's time to move on from this guy we weren't able to pay him like that that process has definitely dragged on too long. It seems like for like five years, we've been bringing guys back. There's a huge list I've seen on Twitter before of like 15 guys we've gone and traded for a second time. Uh, as for Saad, I think people were, he kind of got the shit end of the stick, Willie, uh, being traded for Artemi Panarin. So no one really thought too highly of him per se. Um, but Andrew Shaw, I think some people were happy to get back just because the Blackhawks really missed some grit in their lineup. They were a softer team since he left. He will make boneheaded penalties. That's just Andrew Shaw. Uh, cue up the double middle finger, him flicking off the, the yeah. official <laughs> gold moment. Um, but I hope that's not something the Blackhawks continue to keep doing, especially throughout this rebuilding process. It would just make negative sense to keep yeah, doing it. Yeah, that's got to be over. I almost feel like it was a thing where, like, all right, I get we traded uh, Panarin away, but we Brandon Todd's coming back. Like, I had a – I had another trade come off the top of my head. That was a bad Stan Bowman one. Sorry to backtrack, but arguably just as bad was the Tavo Teravainen. Tavo Teravainen. Oh, yeah. Horrible. I, was, I have that written down as well. Like that, that was, that was just to get rid of Bickle's contract. And I don't know. $4 million. Wasn't, wasn't he a, uh, was he like ninth overall or something like that? No, it was, it was. Tavo was, was like 18th or something. Yeah. He, yeah. He, was, he fell, so, he fell really, down and he fell down fell a little bit. Yes. I want to like that was a that's a solid rookie prospect. He played his rookie year, didn't he? He we won the Stanley Cup with him, and he played an impact on the third line with Antoine Vermette. He was great, and we literally threw him threw in a superstar. It was just a a superstar as a sweetener. Like I I honestly, I think that was might have been a precursor to the Panarin and stuff. Where it's just like what I just don't I've never understood what Stan's doing, and then with him being promoted to as hockey out. It's like, that was, that's like the nail in the coffin where it's, I just don't, I don't understand where, what 
uh, Wurtz is thinking when he's doing making these deals and how he how he's backing Bowman so much. I just I like I just hate I I don't like Stan Bowman at all. Yeah, they've they've I definitely ruined the team. They've definitely doubled down on him, and it's a hundred percent a questionable decision. My biggest problem with it. It's really by naming him president of hockey operations, he doesn't in a sense have much of a different role in his day-to-day life isn't going to change all that much and how he affects the Blackhawks. It's not really changing all that much. What I do have a problem with though, was the Blackhawks, they had this opportunity. They went out and they got a completely new president to run the business side of this organization. So they obviously wanted to go out and get fresh eyes to kind of, you know, run things differently, especially in these tough times with COVID financially. And the Blackhawks had that same opportunity to do it with the hockey side. They could have kept Stan at GM and named someone else president of hockey ops. And they didn't do that. They let him do both. And now the only one he's reporting to is Rocky who, I mean, yeah, Rocky might have some say in what goes on, but what goes on, but let's be honest, Rocky's not running the day-to-day operations of the Blackhawks. So at least the on ice terms, um, so that was my real, real issue with it is that the Blackhawks, they, they pretty much said, no, nah, we're fine with, we're fine with just Stan. They passed up on another opportunity to bring in a, a fresh set of eyes and help guide this rebuilding process. And clearly, you know, it hasn't been going the smoothest if, you know, they hadn't <laughs> noticed the last couple of years. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, part one of my crossover episode with Lockdown Red Wings will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome flavors like toffee almond, banana bread, raspberry, and they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps to get 20% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com today for a delicious and healthy snack option. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. All right. Well, we got to get into uh, some stuff that's that's been going on today. Because the reason we got you in here is because we are about to play you guys eight times. There's going to be eight meetings. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be uh, the the toilet bowl every single time. I'm excited as hell. Uh, but I'm just curious because, but I, I feel like you mentioned that nice little playoff run. Like, yeah, there'll be. Uh, like that's really good for the young guys, uh, who's going to be like the next wave and the next core coming up. But like, I guess I was kind of under the impression that they were maybe back on an upswing, like coming back into this year. And obviously a lot has changed since that playoff series. And the day that we are recording this, uh, Alex Nylander has gone out for basically the entire season. Kirby doc is out for basically the entire season. And your captain, Jonathan Taves, uh, is out with the scary situation that undisclosed, medical situation or illness or or something along those lines. What changed before that? Because it was, they made it public that they were about to enter into a rebuild when it looked like they had a nice, you know, thing going. And uh, sorry, this conversation or this, this question is so long, but 
I just, I'm curious to see what happens with that because we went through something similar in Detroit to where you have these young guys coming up. You're like, Oh, this is the next wave. Sick that they get to be here on the tail end of Zetterberg. How awesome that Larkin gets to play on this team. And then next thing you know, because they were going for it in those years, now Dylan Larkin has to suffer through the worst seasons of the franchise while the face of the team. And so I'm, I'm, I've always thought that that was kind of interesting that the Blackhawks pretty much did the same thing where they didn't admit it. They weren't doing well. And now by the time that, uh, you know, the, the team really hits the sewer, it's the young guys who are going to be kind of the face of the franchise. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting point that you brought up and I haven't really thought of it that way, but I think it all really changed with Corey Crawford. Honestly, I think once we realized that, and I'll say that's this. another thing we got to get to. Yeah. Right. Corey Crawford. <laughs> we already talked about it. The, the four key pieces, uh, Taze Kane, Keith Seabrook, full no movement clauses. Blackhawks really can't even move them if they wanted to. Corey Crawford was the one guy of this core that didn't have a full no movement clause and the Blackhawks had control over. She was kind of messed up, but. And they let and, him walk in free agency. Right. And I think it came to the <laughs> point where they had to make a choice and say, do we want to hold on to this and hope that next year we can maybe be a little bit better and get lucky? Or if we don't resign Crawford, we're really looking at no one in the system who has any experience at all. And with the cap situation, it was going to be tough to go out and get one of the prime goaltenders that were on the market. So I think the decision to let Corey Crawford walk into free agency was ultimately what pushed them into this rebuild. And then it was actually like four or five days after Crawford went to free agency, they announced publicly that they were heading into this rebuild period. But would, so since you guys had Laner and you trade him, was, was he not going to get the money from Chicago that he felt that he was owed? Was that the reason why you traded him? Because yeah. I, feel, I feel, I thought it was going to be Crawford gone at the deadline or at free agency this past this free agency and you guys keeping laner right so i'll tell you this one year ago today the blackhawks had both robin leonard and Corey crawford now we have neither of them and i am my jaw is dropping can you tell me who are are your goalies well we have kevin lankinen he won the world championship with finland be on the rise, be on the lookout for Kevin Lankinen. Uh, we have Colin, <laughs> De- <laughs> we have Colin Delia, who actually he came up a couple of years ago and he performed kind of well when Corey Crawford had his concussions. Um, and then there's Malcolm Subban, who's looked nothing like a first round pick in his career. So for sure, it's definitely a tough situation and goal right now for the Blackhawks. And what happened with Leonard was, uh, according to at least the inside sources around Chicago, the beat writers and whatnot. It just never felt like they were seeing eye to eye in terms of money. And, you know, uh, after Leonard went out and signed that super cheap deal with Vegas, everyone was like, oh, you weren't going to offer him this. It's like, no, he wasn't going to sign here for that in Chicago. Um, So it it seemed like the two sides right before the deadline were kind of having a falling out in terms of how long the contract should be in the dollar amount and whatnot. So ultimately we just decided to cut our losses and, uh, take what we could get for Robin Leonard. I, that's another deal. I still just don't think we got enough back in return for him. All right. So then uh, over the next couple months, all hell breaks loose. Nylander, Doc, Taves, I just mentioned it. They're all out for the season. What does this team look like now? Are they, the, are they the worst team in the league? Do you think that they can contend for that spot? Or, I mean, 
It's tough because because I was I was looking at you guys line combos the other day. No offense. The bottom six is booty. The bottom six is for sure going to be cheap. Bottom, bottom, not uh, bottom ten. Right, maybe. probably it's going to be the Patrick Kane show for sure. And, <laughs> and the concerning part is we weren't very good defensively with Corey Crawford last year. <laughs> so now we don't have Corey Crawford. We swapped Nikita Zadorov for Oli Mata. So it's like, all right, maybe we got a little better defensively. We also, Boquist gets another year, Ian Mitchell stepping up. So maybe there's a chance we're a little bit better defensively, but at best, probably still a middle of the pack team in terms of team defense. And then, as you said, you look at our offense and, it's really Patrick Kane, Alex Debrinket, and Dylan Strom on that top line. Um, I am interested to see what happens with Carl Soderberg. He's been a decent offensive guy throughout his career, so I think he'll he'll be all right in that opportunity. Um, but besides those top two lines, our bottom six is very defensive-minded. We really don't have any goal scorers, and we don't have a good goaltender. So it's looking like we're going to have – a problem stopping the puck going in our net. And we're also going to have a problem putting the puck in the other team's net. That usually equals uh, not good by my calculations. Well, you're talking to the right guys. Cause we know yeah, all right. about that. <laughs> I mean, we just lived through the worst, one of the worst seasons in NHL history. So, and you Ethan... didn't, get, didn't even get the first pick. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will wrap up part one of my crossover episode with Locked On Red Wings. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. This week on Locked On NHL... Get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Avampato and the Lockdown NHL Season Preview Series. Previews of all 31 NHL teams, division by division, and who to pick up and drop in your fantasy leagues, courtesy of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey host Scott Cullen. Be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2 or my Blackhawks account, at Talk and Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can always call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, every day.